Welcome to the sixth episode of Rain Race Today. We're going to be talking about IndyCar's new coverage deal with NBC Sports. We're going to be talking about Sao Paulo's return to the WEC schedule. And we're going to round it all off with a recap of the Sebring and Melbourne race weekends. I'm Chris Aurelio. This is Rain Race. Let's go. I'm joined here with the usual co-host of this program, Kyle Cuthbertson. Sup? Yes, today we're going to be talking about a couple different things. It's been two weeks since the last episode came out, so that gave us a little bit more time to come up with some topics. Uh, so we're going to start off here today with uh, IndyCar, because IndyCar recently announced a new TV deal with NBC Sports. Um, it's a little bit of a... Uh, you know, an interpretation game at the moment. They haven't released a ton of details. What we do know is that the 2019 Indianapolis 500 will be broadcasted on NBC and eight IndyCar races will be broadcasted on Network NBC, not NBC Sports, not CNBC, none of those. Network NBC will have eight races in 2019. And it also means no more ABC. So, Kyle, if you want to uh, start us off here about this whole deal that IndyCar has announced. Yeah, it's definitely a, a huge positive to have eight races on network TV. Um, the only negatives from this deal would have been the uh, NBC Gold, but uh, I guess uh, from what we're hearing now, uh, they don't know how they're going to do the NBC Gold yet because they haven't really released the schedule. So it all depends on the, how we get the streaming for practice and qualifying, uh, what practice and qualifying ends up on television. It's just a lot of unknowns, but the basic gist is we have eight uh, network races and then the rest will be an NBCSN no CNBC crap and uh, it is the second best deal best TV deal in motorsports behind NASCAR and Fox so I, that's a huge positive yeah and you mentioned NBC Sports Gold uh, for those who don't know NBC Sports Gold is pretty much NBC's um, standalone video streaming service so if you don't want to pay for a cable subscription and you don't have access to live extra because you don't have a cable subscription uh, NBC Sports Gold allows you to pay a certain amount of money per year 30 35 all the way up to like $60 a year and you can access live and on demand streaming of all the events that you want to watch so like I said before, it's pretty much an interpretation game, but what Mark Miles said in the press conference is that it's meant to be complementary to television, um, and uh, any practice or qualifying event that's not broadcasted on TV will be broadcasted on NBC Sports Gold. Whether or not we're going to find those on NBC Sports Live Extra for the races that aren't on TV, um, or for the practice and qualifying that are on TV, I should say, we're not sure. Mark Miles even said they're not sure yet. They need to finalize all the details first. But uh, So, yeah, that's going to be something that we have to wait and see on. Alongside that, Indy Lights as well will be broadcasted. Staying on NBC, they're already there. Uh, but they said that all of those races will be broadcasted in the same NBC Sports Gold package. So we will uh, cover that more once we get the news in the future. Of course, this also means the end of ABC's run with IndyCar and the Indianapolis 500, and over 50-year run of them broadcasting the Indy 500. So I think it's going to be really somewhat disappointing to see them leave, especially at Indy, uh, because that was pretty much just the coverage that anybody nowadays has grown up with. Uh, they actually did a, a really good job, I'd say, with covering the Indy 500. Maybe not so much in their last few years, but I think it's just pretty much an iconic staple to the uh, to the race itself that they are broadcasting pretty much half the history of it. So 
Uh, it's going to be a little bit disappointing to see him go, but it's exciting to see what NBC can bring in the future. Of course, ABC hasn't had the best run the last couple of years, but um, what they've done for IndyCar through the 80s and uh, 90s, I think I saw today that in 89 they won, what was it, an Emmy? That would have been for the best uh, sports coverage or something like that. They So really when we had Bobby and Posey and Paul Page in the booth and everything was great, there was a full dedicated team to the race and you just, everything – that they've done through the history it's just it's going to be sad to see them go but it's definitely exciting to see nbc i don't think there's any other provider out there that puts will put this much effort into indycar than nbc because it's obvious through the last rate couple races and the indy 500s that abc just simply doesn't care as much so it's going to be interesting uh, to see nbc and it's going to be sad to see abc go of course and the last few things I want to touch on here is NBC, of course, uh, with ABC losing the rights to uh, IndyCar. I wonder if we're going to see any of ABC's commentators, especially like Alan Beswick, transition over to NBC. He's been there before. Um, so I think if NBC is able to pick up somebody like Alan Beswick, it would be a great opportunity. And something I've said about NBC's coverage of uh, IndyCar is that their commentators are pretty much run-on-the-mill um, you know, it, it varies by week. You have people like Lee Diffie some weeks, you'll have people, uh, Townsend Bell, Paul Tracy other weeks and Kevin Lee a couple other weeks later. And so it's really just been all over the place. Hopefully this new announcement also, uh, gives them a bigger emphasis on what commentators It's just pretty much a staple, uh, group of commentators that they have in each group in each race, I should say. Um, rather than the whole scattered commentators like we've seen in the past few years. And then lastly, what I want to touch on is NBC said they're going to do a lot more promotion for IndyCar, which is great uh, because if you've been paying attention lately, IndyCar is already on the rise, and if NBC can promote it even more than they already do, I think we have a, a pretty positive future on our hands. Uh, so anyways, the next thing I want to go over here is in the world of sports cars. WEC this past week has announced a return to Sao Paulo for the 2019-2020 Super Season. Not the upcoming one, of course, the one after that. Uh, they raced at Sao Paulo from 2012 to 2014, uh, so it's great for them to be coming back. There's no set date confirmed right now, but Kyle, you have a couple things that you'd like to say about this race from what I've heard. Um, definitely uh, Sao Paulo coming back. is a, Sao Paulo is a race that since... It left the schedule. I kind of wanted it to come back. Um, it's a great track. Uh, it's going to be an interesting race to see. And uh, I think a positive is that uh, N. Duduk, however you pronounce that, it's a uh, events company in Brazil, and they'll be promoting the event. And they also do the promotions for uh, the Petro Bros, how you say that, that sponsors McLaren and Volkswagen. So um, that's also a positive. Bruno Senna is an ambassador for the race. It's I think it'll be big. I think it's going to be a big event. Yeah, of course. I mean, we had a lot of action there in the previous races. Uh, so hopefully the return of Brazil can attract some more fans, especially because uh, Brazil has a huge motorsports presence in pretty much every series, IndyCar and sports cars. So I think it's going to draw a pretty big crowd, and it's going to be a great one to see back on the schedule. All right, so moving on to the next thing. If you've listened to the last few episodes, particularly the last episode we had, episode five, uh, where I particularly pointed out that Kyle here likes to ramble a lot. Uh, so I decided with this 
uh, new episode. We're going to give them a brand new segment each week or each podcast we do. It's called In Case You Missed It. The way it works is over the past week or two now, he has been gathering a bunch of news, putting it on a Google Doc, and he's going to have two minutes to read off as much of it as he possibly can. So, Kyle, are you ready? Ready. All right, let's go. Three, two, one, go. IndyCar tested at IMS last Friday with the GP road course, and then the oval testing was postponed because of snow to late April to early May. But Danica will be scheduled for that test. Um, Aaron Tielitz tested the number five uh, Schmidt-Peters Motorsports car while Wickens recovers from a supposed muscle injury. I didn't hear much about that, but it's a thing. Uh, Mazda Race of Laguna Seca will now be called WeatherTech Raceway after a vote in the uh, Monterey County. Elio is bringing back the uh, yellow submarine livery for the month of May with uh, Shell Pennzoil. AJ Foyt survived a killer bee attack on his farm again. Pastor Maldonado, the F1 meme lord, is racing the full season for Dragon Speed in WC. A pair of Indy 500 confirmations are happening with Pippa Man with a coin ride with Donate Life. Susan G. Komen isn't the full sponsor now. Uh, Jay Howard confirmed his ride with One Cure as a sponsor, same sponsor Ray Hall has for Phoenix. Uh, Howard is the 33rd confirmed entry, but Reinbold has an entry, so 34. Davison still has money, and then Lazier can show up, so that would make 36. Montpellier Montoya is considering doing Le Mans with United Autosport. Our Rebellion confirmed a lineup with uh, Lauder, Yanni, and Senna in the number one. Durrani, yes, Pippo. Antonio Giovinazzi, Daniel Serra may see their Ferrari debut with AF Corse. Or Corsa, I, I don't know. Alamo because of the third car they're bringing. Is that all you got? Oh, that's it. All right. Yeah, there you go. In case you missed it, it's a new weekly feature. You'll get everything, or not everything, but almost everything you need to know in the world of uh, racing in two minutes or less. Uh, moving on to the final thing I want to go over here. Uh, because we've had two weeks off the air, there are a couple races to recap. First one is Sebring. Uh, 12 Hours of Sebring was last weekend, if, well, at the time of recording it last weekend. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't home for the first half. I was at work, so I couldn't see too much of what was going on. But the number two uh, ESM Nismo Tequila Patron car crashed at the very start. Uh, what other race on pretty much on lap one right then and there. Uh, the 64 Scuderia Corsa Ferrari had contact with the PR1 Matthias and uh, Ligier and flipped over. So that was a, a quite a spectacular thing to happen at Sebring. Not too common that we see GT3 cars flip over like that, but hey, uh, you know, Sebring's a wild track, I guess. And then the middle half of the race, or the middle portion of the race, not too, too much to go over in particular. Uh, the prototype and GTD classes were really close together. GTLM, not quite as much, but still a good battle going on throughout the entire race. Uh, pretty much what we saw at Daytona as well, I'd say. Uh, but towards the end of the race, Mazda was actually having a great run uh, with the 55 car. The 77 car had some issues earlier on, but the 55 in particular at the end was uh, really putting on a stellar performance uh, until the final hour when Mazda decided to... Uh, pull a Mazda, I guess, is the only way to phrase it. Uh, when they're leaving the pits, on their final pit stop, actually, the car stalled in the pits. Uh, I noticed throughout the entire race, pretty much, they are having some issues getting the car uh, running after being stopped in the pits. I guess it was a clutch issue. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was the 22 
ESM Nismo taking the victory. Of course, that means that the uh, 22 car won and the sister number two car finished dead last. So uh, sort of a, a bittersweet day there for uh, extreme speed. In GTLM, like I said, uh, not the greatest battle we've seen all day. Uh, pretty much it was obvious in the middle part that it would come down to Porsche or BMW for the win. Uh, so, I mean, those two pretty much duked it out until the end, but at the end it was the number 911 Porsche? Yeah, it was the 911 Porsche uh, that took it at the end. And in GTD, we saw, like I said earlier, a battle until the end, and that title went to the Paul Miller Racing Lamborghini. So a great race on hand there overall. And I'd also like to point out one thing. If you looked at episode 5, where we made our predictions for Sebring, I predicted that the 22 car would win against all odds in prototype. Uh, and I was correct. And if you go back to episode 1, you'd see that I said the number uh, 31 car would win. No, I'm sorry, the number 5 uh, Action Express would win Daytona overall and they did so that means i'm two for two on imps of prototype picks uh now we don't do official picks for every single race we usually just do the larger ones throughout the year but for the record i'm going to say on hand that the wayne taylor racing cadillac's winning long beach let's see if we can keep this streak alive on that one uh kyle do you have any comments you'd like to say about the 12 hours of sebring last weekend well i obviously you know picked the porsche correctly because I, it, it, that's actually funny because I only picked them because I did want to pick Corvette for every race. So I thought I'd make that my freebie. And of course, I got it right. But uh, definitely it was uh, interesting to see Mazda up there competing for the win. Um, they obviously took a lot of gains out of Daytona and came to Sebring prepared. And also BMW with the new M6. And uh, while uh, I wasn't able to watch the entire race, I uh, heard it was pretty good. So uh, definitely some positives out of IMSA. Yeah, I look forward to seeing the rest of the season. We've got a long season ahead of us. Great championship coming up. Uh, so go check it out if you haven't yet. You might end up being a fan. Uh, but the last thing I want to go over here was this past weekend, we just had the F1 championship roll into its first race of the 2018 season at Melbourne. Uh, first race in the brand new F1 era as they're sort of promoting it with the halos and the the uh, new TV the graphics. <laughs> oh, boy. And the uh, new TV partner here in the U.S. Oh, boy. We've got a lot of ups and downs from that weekend. But spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it yet, Sebastian Vettel uh, took the honors of winning that race. Pretty much played the virtual safety car to his advantage uh, for Romain Grosjean's incident. Um, is that a leeway right there? I think that's a leeway to <laughs> what happened with Haas. Uh, Haas actually had both cars running fourth and fifth, uh, quite a few laps into the race, and then under the first pit stops, yeah, they they just uh, I believe it was actually was it a tire issue on both of them, a wheel gun issue on both cars? Yes, yeah. same tire, same um, crew guy. Of course, there was a joke going around the Twitter uh, the Twitter banter game, saying that oh. the American teams have an issue uh, with guns, but um. And people saying that they brought the NASCAR squad instead of their oh, usual no. squad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, But, yeah, that was really unfortunate to see both Haas cars uh, go out from a what would be their best finish of all time if they were able to stay in fourth and fifth. They had great pace up until the incident that pretty much made both of them retire, so that was a real shame. Um, 
And yeah, like I said, at the end, it was down to Vettel and Hamilton, and Vettel was pretty much just able to find the pace. He didn't have it in the beginning, but towards the end, he pretty much just got that thing nailed down and was able to uh, pull a gap on Hamilton. Um, so yeah, that was the first race of the 2018 season. Halos, obviously, big controversy going on there. You either, well, I was going to say you either like it or you don't. I don't know too many people who like them, so... Uh, and the ESPN coverage in the States, they're taking Sky's, uh, Sky Sports F1's coverage from Europe, if you haven't known. But a lot of people, of course, critical of how they handled that whole situation. People are saying it was very poorly produced. And from what I see, I agree with it. It was pretty much, I mean, Kyle, you made the analogy when we were talking before that it's similar to how Fox Sports handled the WEC commentary, where you had WEC commentators and when they cut to commercial and came back from commercial, it just kind of felt uh, random, just kind of thrown in there. And it kind of caught you off guard sometimes. But I guess that's kind of um, what we're going to be settling in for at this time. Um, but if you're not a fan, the F1 streaming package is coming. So <laughs> dish out some money and pay for that if you'd like. Uh, but what would you say, recapping the Melbourne F1 weekend uh, I'd say it was more of a dramatic race than having good racing. Um, I think I read something. There were five overtakes after lap one. If that's correct, then that is that is just mind blowing. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, uh, Grazi, Ragazzi, Forza, Ferrari, uh, Vettel got really lucky with the uh, safety car there with uh, Grosjean. Um, initially I thought that, uh, I thought that Vettel would have jumped him anyways, but I actually, now I think about it with the virtual safety car, he wouldn't have, but, uh, Ferrari really did play Mercedes like a fiddle and it looked like Hamilton was going to have a, they were going to have a nice duel to the finish, but, uh, Hamilton's tires, because he ran the stint so much longer than Vettel, his tires were actually blistering in uh, the recording and it was getting pretty bad. Um, I did hear about some overheating issues possibly for Mercedes, so that's something interesting. But, uh, yeah, I think Hamilton probably would have won the race if he uh, would have followed the right strategy because uh, Raikkonen pit really early. Um, I think Raikkonen wasn't too happy about that. I heard him saying to his engineer, don't screw me on this. Um, and he just he didn't look very pleased after the race, but, I mean, Kimmy and emotions, whatever. But, anyways, uh, they pitted Kimmy really early, and I think, think it was more using it as bait to make Hamilton respond and pit early too. So a lap after Raikkonen, um, Hamilton pit. And then I think Vettel did an extra like five to eight laps overall gave him a better position than, uh, Hamilton. So great race by a uh, Ferrari and Vettel. It was better managed than Mercedes. And of course, Mercedes can't just admit that they, uh, lost fair and square. They have to say that they, uh, there was a, uh, what was it? A software issue that led them to pit too early? I don't know. No, but of the, course, they can't just admit defeat. <laughs> the software issue is actually dealing with the virtual safety car. For those who don't understand how VSCs work, um, basically you slow down and you have to stay within a time delta to the car in front or behind you. Um, so Kyle and I would notice from playing the F1 games, but they always tell you the delta that you have to stay behind the car in front of you or the... Uh, car behind you if you're leading 
And apparently what was going on with the software issue is that Hamilton's Delta was displayed incorrectly and he ended up giving up time to Vettel. Um, so whether or not that really played too much in the end, I don't know. It's a factor, but I don't think it's going to end up playing too, too much. I think at the end, Vettel just was able to find the pace that Hamilton didn't. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, that was just a little bit, like I said, or like you said, of a, uh, of a dramatic race there but excitement wise i wouldn't say too much about it it's australia it's never been too exciting for f1 they had to have three drs zones to increase the passing um but anyway have you heard about the conspiracies no i have not <laughs> people are saying that kevin magnuson and haas had their issue to bring out the virtual safety car and let vettel win <laughs> yeah Did you, have I'm, you heard I'm that crazy say, conspiracy? That, is a, say that is a that is an A-plus David Land conspiracy right there, folks. Maybe if they were in, like, <laughs> 15th, then maybe. Maybe we'll talk. But not when they're 4th and 5th on their best, uh, they're going on to their best result ever. <laughs> but uh, do you have any closing thoughts about the weekend in Melbourne? Um, I think it's starting on the right track for F1 in one way in that there is some hope for some decent racing this year. But, I mean, if the whole five overtakes thing is true, then yikes <laughs> yeah we'll have to see how this whole season pans out but it already looks like it's going to be the uh the same old from last year mercedes versus ferrari hamilton versus vettel to the finish but who knows maybe uh Raikkonen or botas will surprise us this season so one last last thing on f1 is i feel like uh the racing not going to be that amazing it's not really that hopeful i feel like indycar is still going to be the class of 2018 on best racing wise but uh F1, the way the pace looks with uh, Ferrari up there and how Haas was doing and uh, McLaren, Renault, and Renault being up there and Red Bull still is good on downforce. I feel like it's something you might just want to look at from a distance and you know just keep your eye on. Maybe, it'll, maybe something will happen there that will really get interesting. So I feel like there's some hope for F1 besides the halo. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, we'll keep you posted on that throughout the podcast. Are all through the entire 2018 season. But anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, quite a short episode compared to some of the other ones we've had. But if you'd like to see more of these in the future, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Just search for the Rain Race Podcast. Or if you're listening on YouTube, uh, you can subscribe to the channel there, youtube.com slash c slash deductive rain. Here comes all the promotion here, all the uh, shameless plugs uh, Kyle, if you'd like to uh, go follow him on social media, pretty much Ray Alphanetic15 across all of it. Uh, so go check him out. In the near future, though, with the Phoenix IndyCar race upcoming, uh, no guarantees on this, but I actually may want to try doing a little bit of a live stream. Maybe we'll get some live timing up on the screen, a couple onboard cameras, and we can come have a chat and hang out in the comments. Um, could be a fun idea but stay tuned for that one if you want to see it of course that'll be on the youtube channel uh, so stick around if you want to see that uh, but anyways that's going to wrap it up for this episode i hope you all enjoyed it and i'll catch you in the next one <laughs>